0: This week on the BOAG World Web Show, we're joined by Headscape alumni Chris Sanderson to talk about the process of starting your web design business. Season 12 of the BOAG World Show is sponsored by Lynda.com, Template Monster, and Marcus's winning personality. The podcast for all those involved in designing, developing, and running websites on a daily basis. My name is Paul. I'm being joined, as always, by Marcus, but we also have Chris Sanderson on the show. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hi, Chris. He's, that was a very cheerful. He's, he's cheerful now, he's left headscape. He always <laughs> oh. used to be grumpy. <laughs> he so didn't. I know, I made that up. <laughs> but it sounded good. <laughs> So, lots of coffee, lots of coffee, because it's three o'clock.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel like the, I'm being ganged up on today by ex, ex-headscapers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are.
0: <laughs> well, we, it just struck me as we're talking about, um, you know, uh, setting up a new business. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, the last time you did that was like 13 years ago. It was 2002. While well, both myself and Chris have, have done it in the last few months so mm-hmm. i I've, I've figured that who better to have on the show than chris because we've done it in completely different ways because well we do completely different things but in my head i had been planning it for a while but i think in chris's head it was a bit of a, a a sudden decision is that fair to say uh i've done it completely wrong paul yes oh you've done it completely <laughs> it doesn't make it wrong it just, I, I've done my role. We're going to share lots of disasters in this show. It's going to be a good one.
1: I think this is kind of cool as well because you're both, you're not setting up agencies, are you? And I think the majority sure. of people listening to this are people maybe in, a, in an agency or in a web team or kind of might just have a mate that they want to kind of, they're, they're looking at starting off as a single person, as a freelancer type. Position, I suspect. Well, that of-
0: was something that I wanted to talk to you about, Marcus. That okay. actually, me and Chris are, are now setting up in competition with Headscape. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> We're building our own agency and they're going to steal all of your clients. And
1: uh, Chris is doing the sales work and you're doing the design. Is that right, Paul? Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So do you want to, Marcus, do you want to explain why it is that that me and Chris have have set up recently and what's been going on at Headscape? Because I don't think we've actually kind of talked about it as such. And I I think a bit of context might be useful for people.
1: Yeah, Okay. Um, Well, Chris joined us in 2002. So after 13 years, um, other Chris, Scott and I, we got together and we felt it was time to kind of get rid of the (laughs) Deadwood. Nice. So no, that was no, me no. and Chris, was it? Yeah, yeah, we yes, were the deadwood. That's, that's you two. Um, no, um, I have. I mentioned on last week's show that we had a very tough year last year, um, and I, very. Or, at the end of every every sentence, I say that, but it's changed, and and uh, well, now we've got too much work. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Um, how long that'll last for? Who knows? But at the moment, it's good. But last year was appalling. It just. It was, as I mentioned last week's show, we kept coming second. We. Uh, Maybe we weren 't getting as many opportunities as we um, were used to, um, but also we had a couple of what we thought were dead cert huge projects, neither of which came off, uh, one of which was right at the end of the year, which kind of made us sit up and think we 've got to do something um, at which point I think at, well as you 've just been saying, Paul, you were kind of looking for a change in mm-hmm. in your life and your work. Um, and at the same – so you kind of said, well, I'm happy to go um, because we basically felt that we – we, as well as winning more work to keep the company going, we felt that we were maybe a bit too big to be able to do that. Um, so at the time, um, we basically asked people in the company if – if basically, if they were thinking the same way you were, Paul, and were willing to kind of like say, yeah, I, I want to go somewhere new, do something different, and Chris turned around and said that which was obviously disappointing because he has been rock solid or was rock solid for 13 years. But, you know, that's life. And Chris, in many ways, helped us out by doing that. And, you know, it gave us the chance to get back on a steadier footing, which we have done, which is great.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just made, I mean, from a financial point of view as well is, you know, I was quite an expensive person in the company, so it made sense for me to go yeah well you both uh, were really well yeah been, i mean Chris you've you've been been, in a, been, yeah. yeah when you're in a company that long you start to get very expensive so
1: but that wasn't the reason i mean we just we just realized that we had to we were we weren't obviously be, during this kind of poor year we had a quite a, not a great year in 2012 and then we had a cracking year in 2013 and you think oh okay well we're back to where we were and then on 20 in 2014 i think we only hit target on two months out of 12 and it's like well that's not it's not feasible that we can carry on thinking we can do that. Yeah. So how can we save money? And obviously in a company like like, like a digital agency, we have very little outgoings other, other than salary. Um, so, it, you know, it's a hard decision and a hard thing to talk about with people and say, you know, we need to reduce our numbers. But we did. And, you know, and people coming forward and volunteering is obviously a much friendlier and yeah. uh, pleasant I'm- way to do it. And Chris did that. So he, <laughs> he's a star.
2: I didn't realise that. I thought it was a plot against people from the West Country. Remove them all. Remove them all.
0: Well, no, Ian's still there and he's the furthest true. West of all. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, Chris, from your point of view, what uh, had you been thinking about it before the voluntary redundancy thing? Or was it literally, was that like, right, yeah, let's do it? It was a bit, yeah, no, if I'm honest, I've been thinking about it for
2: six months. It was, it was a wake-up call to sit back and think, you know, what do I love doing? What do I want to be doing in sort of five, ten years' time, which I'd never really thought about. You get into a bit of a, uh, a routine, don't you, and, yeah. and you're not thinking that far ahead. So it was just a chance for a change, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and how's it going? Because I haven't really spoken to you very much since then. And, you know, so you set up as a, a freelance designer front end yes. is it well what you what are you doing and, and what are you not doing and and how's it going chance to plug uh, chris uh,
2: um yes so w- i've debated my uh, job title quite a few times it's, it's trying to summarize what i do uh, oh I'm, i know that feeling d- design generalist as opposed to a jack-of-all-trades
0: um i'm not a quite poly- sure polymath is what polymath you, i like it that's what you're supposed you to call yourself do you? you're a awful. renaissance man <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so it's primarily primarily ui design development and consultancy oh cool call you sum up what i do um and uh, probably like yourself i'm very very busy at the moment which i can't complain about um yeah it's going really well
0: oh i'm really pleased that's that's really good because i mean i i got from the little conversations that we had up front it wasn't like you know you had a load of work already lined up and you were ready to go it wasn't anything yeah. like that so where has work materialized from <laughs> um it, it's thanks to
2: you paul and your twitter following really <laughs> yes yeah i think it was, was it at the end of january you posted that to say chris is leaving headscapes what he's doing hi this guy's fantastic um which is all obviously very truthful um <laughs> and uh, You know, a lead came off of that and off the back of that, you know, work tends to just come in, as you know, through reputation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, you know, it's just, I've done it the wrong way, if I'm honest. You you know, I I feel you should build up, if you're going to go into this, uh, if you're going to sort of go down the freelance route, maybe moonlighting is a better way to do it, to build up some business first before suddenly saying, you know, I'm going to completely jump ship and go it alone. Um, But it's, you
0: know, it's, it's, been a a very lucky experience it's worked out though it's worked out i'm very pleased to hear that yeah i mean you've no idea how that makes us feel you know that's massive relief (laughs) (laughs) this would have been a
1: bit awkward wouldn't it
0: actually i've got
1: nothing i'm sat on my hands day.
0: my my family is starving the house is getting repossessed please give me a job yeah Yeah. (laughs) that would have been bad um Tell me, we can edit this bit out if you don't want to discuss it, Chris, (laughs) but I'm quite interested. Did you have to rely in any way on the redundancy payment you got as part of Headscape or or were you you one work that quickly? That's
2: a really good point. I did, which I didn't anticipate. Right and uh the biggest tip i can give to anyone that's you know looking to do the same is don't underestimate the payment terms of your clients which i did massively right um to put it into perspective i've only just been paid for work well the first job that i started back in february yeah um so that's quite a few months you know relying on that so
0: yeah that was essential yeah i mean cash flow is always a big problem to begin with um you know and even you know i've been kind of with headscape, and i don 't know if people know this, but because we 'd had a bad um two thousand and fourteen i 'd actually gone down to four days a week towards the end, and so I was doing some freelance work to make up the salary difference of there, so mm-hmm. that had got me a little bit of money behind me, which had kind of helped over the transition period and obviously being bought out of headscape um uh, kind of gave me a bit of a buffer as well, though not as much as i <laughs> at the time because of the you know the year that headscape had had um and and yeah that you know things like that having that little pot of money behind you when you start i think it's quite important isn't it really because you're right people yeah. are really bad at paying on time
2: yeah and expenses as well so you're getting things set up you've got lots of things to purchase it all adds up
0: yeah yeah makes me it makes me realize how
1: lucky we've been at headscape because we've had very very few bad payers over the years i think it's because mm. we work in in non-profit charity sectors quite a lot and they tend to be good payers compared to commercial
0: clients it depends on what you call uh, call a bad payer mind marcus well, be- late payment it, it, oh, late what payment.
1: Talk, that's what we're talking about i mean
0: most people we work with are pay within 30 days and hooray because it's not the norm right because i'm I, I that's not been my experience even within you know higher education they're always at least a couple of weeks over hmm which is funny. Perhaps it's you're, you look scarier for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe being an agency does make
1: you more... Yeah, yeah, people take you more seriously. I don't know. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So you've only been paid for some stuff since you started in
1: February. Yeah, some of the companies I'm working
2: with are between 45 and 90-day payment. Whoa! Terms Can't you which...
0: not just say, piss off? You <laughs> oh, <will> <laughs> could... I don't think I would I would haggle over that. That is it, outrageous. It
2: is quite excessive, yeah. But like, like you are saying, it just depends who you're working with. Yeah. You know, if it's a big multinational, then there's lots of hoops to jump through, yadda mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, don't underestimate it. Yeah. Me to-
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we only have one client that we uh, have agreed to. In the past, we used to work for BP, and they had their terms that you just agreed to, and we have another client like that who you just agreed to their terms. But um, pretty much everyone else... They agree to ours, which is great. Yeah,
0: good. so so do you well we're getting we're getting completely off we haven't even started yet I was going to talk about (laughs) lots of other cool things but I'm going to skip over that actually (laughs) because oh dear this is going to turn into a very rambling season I can tell let's talk about let's take a break for a second and just talk about um, the sponsors um, or one of the sponsors anyway which is Template Monster Um, and the reason I bring up Template Monster um, is not only because they're a sponsor but also they're providing a lot of the questions that will come in this um, season of the show, they're they're putting their questions in, or not their questions, but their community's questions in. So a lot of the questions we're dealing with in these shows come from real freelancers and real startups and uh, real people wanting to do this kind of stuff. Because Marcus, as you said at the beginning, um, you know, a lot of the people that are listening to this are freelancers, but even more so because of Template Monster, because obviously they they have a lot of freelancers in their community, so which is great. And people, you know, setting up as sole traders or whatever you want to call them. Um, but Template Monster, not just providing us good questions, they're also supporting the show. So I'd really appreciate if you check them out. If you're trying to, you know, when you have clients that... Um, you know don't have enormous budgets you can't do bespoke design for them then you want, you might want to check out template monster as they've got 46000 different templates um, available to you it's worth saying as well that their templates are in lots of they've got lots of different they're not all just kind of html templates they've got wordpress templates magento templates opencart themes etc etc so there's there's loads of different um, a lot of the kind of technical work has been done for you as well. And they, they've they got some gorgeous templates that make use of um, all the kind of you know fancy stuff these days the kind of stuff that chris has on his website of parallax stuff and lazy loading things and you know it's all very exciting and beautiful and nicely animated and that kind of stuff so they're w- worth checking out and the prices i think are incredibly reasonable um uh, you know for you getting you up and running and talking of pricing um top tip that i've i've worked out because i've been working with template monster and on and off of their site for quite a while now and I don't I don't know whether I should be pointing this out but one of the things that I've noticed they do a lot is they often have deals over like holidays they do sales and things so if if you think that their reasonable pricing is not reasonable enough then um check back at, like, whenever there's a kind of holiday or keep an eye on them for sales because they they do discounts. You can find out more about Template Monster by going to boagworld.com forward slash Template Monster, and that will take you to their site. Please use that URL because um, then they know that, that it's come via this podcast. Okay, that's very cool. I've now just moved on to the list of discussion points that i've got here and all of my my discussion points have disappeared (laughs) do they appear for you is is, is this the the list you sent through earlier yeah i thought it was quite sparse to be honest (laughs) have you seriously only got the like the the two things that are yeah look all the blooming questions have disappeared this is great this is professional isn't it (laughs) <laughs> right. Let's. I'm going to fill them in while we talk, which is good because I can get they're all just on the comments on the website. It's worth saying that actually that um, what I'm doing is each week I'm posting on the website about the following week's podcast. Um, and so what you can do um, is you can, if you want to contribute a question, obviously you can just send me questions anyway. But if you follow me on the website, um, I will post about what next week's topic is. And then you can um, post questions about, um, you know, that you would like us to cover on the show. We do have in our list two. Um, and then I'll look up on the comments and find other ones. But the first one we're going to do is how do I know when it's time to go full-time how do i know when it was time to make that switch now we've kind of already touched on that i was thinking about it for a while chris you've been mulling it over so did the voluntary redundancy thing was that the push that you needed
2: it was yeah i mean ideally and like i said and i'd like to built up a bit more uh, a bit more sort of freelance work in my spare time first and then it just you, you're reducing that risk then when you do finally take the plunge um it's pretty scary sat there thinking i haven't got any work this month um mm. so yeah that it, it, it's probably something more for um you know looking at the way you've done it you've obviously built it up over a couple of years and then you i, I presume you're in the position where you felt that um you know it it was time to make that step
0: no you see it wasn't like that really
2: okay (laughs) Um, i'm turning it round on you (laughs)
0: yeah no no that's fair enough Uh, i'm not convinced anyone really does it like that because uh, i mean yeah they do there's a lot of people that build it build up in the part time but i I think most people need a shove right Mm -hmm. you know if i think about how headscape was set up
1: exactly yeah
0: you know that was we were made redundant and that made us do it um, in this case, it was, you know, I, I I drew a line in the sand, right? So I've been mulling it over. I've always had a reoccurring thing because I'm uh, getting things done, fanatic. So I've always had a, a reoccurring task that says, um, are you still happy at Headscape that popped up every six months? And, you know, for, I don't know, 11 years, I just clicked. Yes, I am. Move on to the next thing. Um, and then I, and then I kind of got to the point where it was like, well, things have been a bit tough this year, but no, it'll it'll pick up. It'd be great. And, and I kind of did that for a, a good while. And then then we got to the point where I went down to four days a week, which kind of forced me into um, building up a bit of freelance work, if that makes sense, and getting a few projects of my own behind me. But that was a forced thing rather than a, a choice, mm-hmm. and then, and then I drew a line in the sand with the particular project that was a huge project that I was really excited about doing. That was a, a slam dunk that we were sure we were going to get, um, and I and I just had I just had some kind of inkling that made no sense whatsoever that this might not happen. Mm. And and it didn't make any sense. It was really I mean Marcus, you can testify to this. It really was a kind of no brainer, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well but yeah, when when you look back you think I know I, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. That's not something I'm gonna discuss on this pod, podcast, but um actually it does make sense. It, um, yeah, but it didn't at the at time. At the time, no, we were being assured by the highest powers that, that you know it's in the bag.
0: Yeah, and so I drew drew this line and said to myself and to Marcus and Chris, look, if this one doesn't come up, you know, i um, off. Then it's time for me to do something um, different. Mm. So that was kind of the push I needed. So I, 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 I'm guessing you must have had something in the pipeline there when you did leave i'm guessing you you Uh, had sure i mean i had in the i had stuff in the pipeline in the sense that i'd been doing one day a week of my own stuff anyway right but that was about it really yeah what that had proved me that was because when did we when did we go down to four days a week it wasn't that long before was it um november december time yeah so i'd only had a couple of months of that yeah, and and that proved to me that I could do it. I think.
1: I think that this is very dependent on your pers- own personal circumstances. I think if you've just left uni or something like that, and yeah. you're still living at home, or for example then you can take a lot more risks than someone you know like you paul for example you know you've got a mortgage to pay you've got family to feed and all those kind of things mm-hmm. it's a more difficult i think in that situation you do need a bit of a shove but i guess mm-hmm. if you if you have um yeah fewer responsibilities then uh, then you can kind of just take a risk and go for it uh, but mm-hmm. that's making it very black and white um, no i
0: think that's a that's a fair comment why <laughs>
2: I, th- I think in this day and age, you know, no job is secure. That there's always a risk. Um, so whilst it's a bigger risk to suddenly go it alone, you know, I, 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 was, I, I felt that even a permanent job somewhere would still be risk involved. I couldn't guarantee that I'd have a secure job somewhere else for twelve
0: months. No, and that is a really that's a really good point, Chris. You know, and and also I think in some ways i i actually prefer you know at least if you're working for yourself you know how long the runway is right yeah you know why if you're an employee that and if the 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 company is quite a secretive company and not particularly open that can fall you know that kind of hammer can fall any day you know you can go from having a job to not with no notice no expectations or no. you know so i think that's one of the the, Mm -hmm. there's almost more security in being your own boss because you you know how you know how much you know longer you've got if that makes sense
2: exactly yeah
0: so i mean one of the things i guess i was i was going to draw out of that one of the things i perhaps i did that i liked is that i created my own push if that made sense you know, I, I drew a line in the sand and said, right, if these criteria happen, I'm going to do this. Um, and I think that's quite helpful because I think you can um and ah about stuff for so long. Always now the time is now not the time that maybe you never actually get round to doing it. Um, you know, while while saying, OK, if I get this amount of work, I will go freelance or you know if this happens in my in the you know with my current position then i will you know set up by myself i think that that's quite a helpful thing to do isn't it yeah
2: i think it's unrealistic to think that moonlighting you'll have enough work to you know suddenly turn around and quit your day job um you know it might give you a bit of a buffer but uh, at some point you've got to take that plunge
0: yeah i I, that's a really it's not a nice simple transition definitely (laughs) All right. Um, the uh, next question that, that came in was, "How do I go about landing those first clients?" Um, yeah, we kind of, we kind of touched on that a little bit. The, uh, yeah, go on. Use, uh, use Paul's massive uh, Twitter following. You i was know. just going to say, <laughs> yes. ask, ask Paul to tweet
2: for you. <laughs> yes, uh, everyone, tweet Paul. <laughs> thank you that's uh, great thanks the, a lot one of the, <laughs> of the slightly uh, awkward things i did was getting back in contact with old colleagues and friends in the industry um which you know they're really good friends i simply just lost touch with uh, probably through geography more than anything um so getting back in touch with them trying to build a bit of a network there um without you know
0: going straight in and
2: saying have you got your work for me
0: yeah I mean, that's uh, no. what it all comes down to doesn't it is that kind of networking and relationships yeah yeah completely how did you Marcus? because sales fell to you when we first started headscape what was your kind of approach
1: um well i've always said when you first first start up tap up your friends um which might not necessarily be people in the industry just people who work for companies mm-hmm. um and with them you can be completely open and say look this is what i'm doing it's really scary um i'm really good and i can prove that just give me a chance to get in front of people um and i remember we did that we won um quite a big project with a company called isem back in the early mm. days of headscape which the finance director's mate of mine he's not anymore um i don't, i'm not even sure if isem exists anymore um but i did exactly that said, so, you know you don't have to make me any promises just give me a chance to kind of pitch for this and he did and we won it um so i, I think that that's a use your friends um, is what <laughs> i'm saying now i guess um but you know in a nice way um you, you're only ever really i think trying to get in a position where you can sit down and talk to people about th- these are my skills and how i can help you so you're not asking people can I have a job you're asking them for a chance to try and get a job which is a different thing true true um but Sometimes- you guys sorry Paul just to finish yeah. that off um, you guys have got the advantage of a being very skillful b being around for a long time and and having done a load of work and got great portfolios i uh, this is uh, going back to my earlier example about uh, you know a younger person trying to start up on their own i guess that's quite a lot tougher um you've got as chris said i've got people i can i you know i i I made contacts with people i've worked with in the past or worked within the in in the within the industry um i i I don't think it's worth banging the phone i've done that i've said that many times before um but maybe it is worth going and banging on the doors of local businesses and saying i'm local that's the connection um with you i'm just around the corner which you know might mean uh which might might mean something to a a local company but other than that cold calling i don't recommend it's it's about personal connections
0: yeah and i think that they, that shows how important it is to build up personal connections and to, uh, uh, and relationships it's interesting it's a conversation i often have with my dad because um he often you know he, he, uh, he's worked as a um, independent wildlife photographer for years and one of the things that he's really struggled looking at me going independent as I've just done because you know he's kind of worried he he worried about am I gonna you're gonna bring in enough business we had some really lean times etc but kind of as he's seen what's happened he's kind of identified a big weakness in how he did things um he's retired now which is that he didn't network he didn 't build those relationships he didn 't go to events he didn 't meet other people in the industry while that is what i've i 've invested huge amounts of time and effort into um, you know and so that 's why Chris can you know leverage my Twitter followers and my you know my reputation because i 've spent so long building that, and that 's almost the biggest thing that you can do before um you know before you go freelance you know before you set up by yourself i mean i I look at someone like anna debenham um you know who didn 't go to university didn 't get all of the kind of qualifications and stuff you 've got was very, very young um and her success. Um, you know she's incredibly good at a job I think it's worth saying that but that you know let's set that aside for a minute a big portion of her success was down to the fact that she got involved with the web community she met with people she you know got you know built relationships with different people and I think that that is such an important part of the equation that I think a lot of us kind of don't spend the time on that we should do hmm hey you mentioned something else a minute ago marcus about building your portfolio if you're starting out yes um chris what you as you used work you did with headscape to build your portfolio is that a fair assessment uh
2: yes
0: Yes Which Um, I don't Which some companies Would have a problem with I don't But we obviously Yeah No no, I I mean obviously I
2: approached um, Headscape before I did that Just to make sure They are happy With that approach Um, You know uh, As well as Headscape Having a relationship With these clients I also have A relationship With them as well Um, It was You know Sort of many years So it, it was nice To get in contact With them And just try And get some Testimonials from them Yeah um, to, to use on
0: my site, which i think has been really valuable so flipping that around marcus from a headscape point of view you know you were fine with that were you because i mean I, I don't think i was involved in this because this was after you know i stepped back i'm just so, currently putting the legal letter together oh right okay <laughs> so did you i mean i presume you said yeah you can approach them you can use them in your portfolio but don't steal them kind of attitude
1: Uh, I don't think we actually said that, but I I don't think think it needs it? I might take a bit of a dim view of (laughs) of something like that, but you know, I'm very easygoing on on things like that. If, if, for example, you know, Chris had a almost a solitary connection with one of the Headscape clients, and that client turned around to me and said, "Look, we want to work with Chris, um, so we're off." I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, a tantrum about that. It'd be like, "Well, yeah, I suppose, fair enough." Kind yeah, of uh, and certainly from a testimonial point of view, absolutely no problem whatsoever.
2: Uh, it's, tri- it's tricky because, yeah, personally, I wouldn't want to be in competition, but um, you know, inevitably there, there will be a time when you get approached. Um, yeah, I think as long, like as, 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 long as people
1: are transparent, you know, uh, yeah. and they say this has happened, you know, are you cool about it, um, then I don't, I, I can't see an issue. i I think it's pretty unlikely that i'd have an issue about it if somebody was sort of like well this is the situation this is the way we want to go this is the client speaking um i'd be like well okay fair enough probably yeah Mm.
0: what uh, did you do any other uh, do you got anything else in your portfolio beyond that did you think about doing any kind of discounted work or um to build your portfolio to begin with chris
2: there's a couple of other pieces in there of freelance work, but it's, it, if I'm honest, it's, it's the time that I'd have needed to do that to build the portfolio. You know, that could have taken months to do. I didn't really have months to spare. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I think that's quite a good way if you're starting out, you know, if, if, if yeah. you haven't yet gone. You set up your own business, but you're thinking about doing that and you've got no portfolio behind you, then then I would I would seriously think about working for some local charities or that kind of stuff to just kind of build up a bit of a portfolio. But I think the other thing I I don't know about you guys, I think we mentioned this on the last show, is that if you're at a stage where you are really just at the beginning of your career, I don't think you really should be talking about setting up by yourself anyway.
2: I don't think it's the right time to do it. Yeah. Like, like we've said, it, it, reputation makes it so much easier. Um, it's something that you, you know. I've, I've learned what I do by working with you guys and other uh, companies. It, it takes that time to build your skills and your reputation. So yeah. it, I think you're right. I think it's just too early. Yeah. yeah,
1: Escape wouldn't be able to win any work if it didn't. If we couldn't point at other examples of work, everybody has to have a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of telling myself now that I must update our case study <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've been saying that for 13
1: must. years <laughs> No, but we just had two two sites go
0: live so it's kind of like a must, a must yeah. do the
1: case study i've got the testimonials from the clients i just haven't written the case study
0: <laughs> oh that's that's what i'm struggling with marcus at the moment is testimonials i i hate asking clients for testimonials for some reason and I really need to buckle down and do it because I could get some good ones if I could be asked to do <laughs> put <the effort> in.
1: <laughs> so yeah keep keep your portfolio up to date um and it's it's imperative it's imperative for getting a job with um with another company, but it's even more imperative for winning work um you know as a as a freelancer or as an agency you have to be yeah. able. To, especially if we're we're saying these days we haven't not these days we've been saying for years and years that you shouldn't be doing um you know upfront design work for many reasons but what you know well, yeah, well just for many reasons but the, way, the so therefore the, the only way you can convey your skills to a potential new client is by showing them your p- portfolio and pointing them at similar work that you've done for other people huh. so yeah it's imperative
0: I tell you another thing that we really must talk about um is pricing and 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 how to decide on your pricing model and what you know what to do in terms of pricing chris again you know what what did you do there i mean i suppose you knew your rate that you were charged out at headscape so did you use that as a baseline or did you work out your overheads or how did you go about deciding that
2: Uh, If you go to OurNameIsMud.co.uk forward slash F-R-A-Q, there's a very handy UK freelance rates calculator. Ooh. Um, So that's OurNameIsMud.co.uk forward slash F-R-A-Q. Free plug for them. Um, It's a really good calculator that just gives you some ballparks and some good stats um, on, you know, the kind of price uh, prices you should be setting based on your age, uh, where you're based, experience, skill set. Um, <laughs> so I used that as a ballpark and also, you know, chatting to other colleagues just to try and gauge what they
0: were charging as well. See, now the figure that that's come back with, i just put it through, feels, feels fairly low. Perhaps I'm just greedy. That's <laughs> what it is. Although, to be honest, I put design and, of course, I'm not design anymore, am I? I'm, I'm, you're not going to say what figure came back are you Paul 303 pounds okay see <laughs> day you see this is the thing uh, the thing that gets me right because I got very scientific on, on its arse on this one <laughs> you know I wanted to know so I started with what's take home salary that I wanted then I went systematically through um Every conceivable cost that I might have, um, in terms of, of kind of, I'm just trying to find it. So I've got it here, you know, so broadband costs, office supplies, accounting, you know, uh, uh kind of sales, um, uh, costs, insurance, petrol, you know, um, uh, different applications that I use, hosting, um, everything software hardware the lot and then calculated a rate off but of, oh and then added in you know oh, i need to set some money aside for pension and oh, i need to set money aside so i could take time off for vacations all of that kind of stuff and then calculated a rate off of the back of that
1: okay yeah, was that with nine months of holiday in there paul no five <laughs>
0: weeks you <laughs> ask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Such uh, an easy big. target. <laughs> so you just guessed, basically, Chris. Uh, Not that I'm criticising. Uh, <laughs>
2: um, the hardest thing for me is trying to decide whether to charge a day rate or an hourly rate. Oh, yeah. Um, so what? Have you, what well, did you settle on on that? I've gone for day rate. Yeah. Uh, it's just easier. I think you present better by charging a day rate. There's you know more of an element of trust there.
1: I agree Good Oh that was very forceful <laughs> But it's because we don't We charge an hourly rate That's um, Mr. one of Mr Scott's things He loves an hourly rate And I can't be bothered to argue with him about it But there you go I just think a day rate is just more understandable
0: Yep Yeah yep. There you go I, kinda, I guess it kind of depends on the type of work you do Because um, I Yeah I do a day rate as well well, we
1: tend to headscape tends to do big chunky projects where yeah. doing a day rate makes more sense to me. But hey ho, <laughs> you know it's, it's it's you end up doing you, you end up kind of um, I end up pricing things in multiples of eight hours and four hours. So I'm doing days and half days anyway. So
0: yeah, you know, because I mean the time yeah. when I don't do day rates is with like mentorship stuff and you know on demand consultancy where people can just pick up the phone to me yeah um that obviously a day rate doesn't work in that that case and that's where i just kind of keep a a, you know i track my time on that chris do you track your time (laughs) have you any idea whether your projects are profitable or not
2: i remember i used to be the worst person in the world for tracking my time no no, you weren't was was there somebody worse lee was at least two people
1: you're talking to one of them um (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm better now oh, dear! because um, so I was just yeah. going to say we because we do we have so because over thirteen years obviously you build up many 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 um, clients who you carry on working for you you provide support and maintenance for, and the majority of those clients that we work for are on a kind of support agreement time and materials kind of basis, so if we don't put put our time um, into harvest on those particular projects then effectively they're getting work for free so yep. but yeah but we're not great at tracking time on uh fixed price projects but you know kind of right. keep a, clo- a close-ish eye on it i
2: would um, i'm going to do another plug here for timely app t-i-m-e-l-y app.com um which is fantastic for tracking and just planning as well it's really really easy to see sort of a visual representation of your time over the coming months. Um, So that's what I use it time. time?
0: Timelyapp
2: timely app, T I M E L Y A W P dot com. I might have to check that one out. Another one for you to look at. That's good. Harvest is fine, but it didn't give me that visual representation, and I couldn't easily plan ahead as to what I was working on. You know, in the upcoming weeks and months. Ah, Um, Because I just um,
0: use a normal calendar to do what it looks like it does here, but this looks better. I'm a sucker for yeah. any kind of organisational appy kind of thing. Yeah. It just gives you that little bit more detail, which I found was lacking in just a typical calendar view. Yeah, no, I like that. Oh, I'll definitely check that one out.
1: Yeah, we use Tom's um, Planner still, but if something can, if you can do, if there's something out there that can merge the two, then that sounds good.
0: Yeah, oh, I think Harvest Harvest have got
2: a new tool, haven't they? Is it Harvest Forecast that links in.
0: Haven't looked at that, but I will.
2: For, Forecastapp.com, which links in with Harvest. That's worth looking at as well.
0: Because I've been doing, when I do time tracking, I do tra- time tracking straight into FreeAgent, which is my accounting-type software.
2: That was going to be my final plug. That is an absolutely fantastic bit of software that has saved my life.
0: Yeah. Go on, to So, so Because that was the next – one of the other questions we got asked was about um, – you know, kind of the accounting side of things and the legal side of things. We'll come on to the legal in a minute, but what what are you doing from an accountancy point of view? You just, you managing it yourself through free agent and then just getting an accountant in once a year or what's the kind of approach you're using?
2: Um, I started off being a cheapskate and uh, using QuickBooks online because that seemed to do everything that I needed. It would do the payroll uh, invoicing. But the more I got into using it, it was it was just unusable. Um, and I know we sort of talked about free agent before, um, but the, the pricing at the time, I thought, you know, do I want to be paying thirty pounds a month for this? Um, but but it just solves so many headaches yeah. with, um, well, as you know, just it does everything for you. Um, so all of a sudden, thirty quid a month doesn't seem
0: anything when it's saving you hours of um, accountancy headaches. And are you? so so you're set up as a limited company are you yes sorry i should say yeah because because yeah. i went through uh, just i was an idiot i listened to people <laughs> i shouldn't listen to people so i went through I'm, I'm at the moment i'm straddled i have a limited company but i've still got a partnership going i've been through bloody everything over the last few months um and i've got to say i've found free agent has been absolutely brilliant um yeah. but i still have an accountant I have a free agent specialist accountant that basically does everything for me. All I do is invoice through free agent and put in my expenses, and they calculate payroll and do everything else involved in it. So you're doing all sure. that side of stuff yourself, are you? Uh,
2: no, end of year accounts. I've got a separate accountant to do with ah, okay. that. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah.
0: Because that's a really important part of it. I mean, and, and it's a big, it's quite a big cost as well that you can. Um, easily overlook the cost of of you yeah. know ongoing accountancy and 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 not just a cost financially to you but a cost in time doing all this kind of stuff i was just finding i was just stressing on evening spending hours trying
2: to work out you know how should i be declaring the fact that i bought shares in my company yeah. or you know just simple little things like that i thought i shouldn't be stressing about this you know it should be easy to do
0: and that's the other thing going back to pricing and your pricing model is you know i've actually calculated in my, in my model You know, you can't charge yourself out full time because you've got all of these other things to do and you do end up doing them in the evenings, especially if you're you're saying things like networking and blogging and reputation is really valuable. So actually, I only charge out my charge out rate is based on me only charging out 50 percent of my time, which is probably quite an extreme version, but that's because I'm lazy. And I
2: don't want it's, to work yeah to, st- to start off with, I think I was working pretty much full time without much business development, but it's certainly becoming yeah it's taking up more and more of my time, um, so yeah, you need to find ways of making it easier, like uh, apps like um, Free Agent to save any
0: time that you can really. What about um a proposal writing and 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 that kind of thing how what are you doing from that side of stuff? You see that massah I haven't actually
2: had to write any formal proposals yet Oh, cool. Um, A lot of it has just been through Skype calls, discussions um, Very sort of simple basic contracts at this stage Um, So I've been quite lucky in that respect I haven't been asked to write huge uh, documents That uh, as you know take up hours of your time
0: I mean I've not written anything huge But I kind of started getting worried about um, Because I'm dealing with kind of fairly large clients Same kind of clients headscape are dealing with Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I started to get paranoid about, you know, liability and stuff like that. So I bought some terms and conditions in off of some website or other. I can't even remember what it was now, which I probably should know to put in show notes. But um, and so I bought in some terms and conditions. And now I use an app called Proposify, um, which um, essentially allows me to really simply just put together um my you know little proposals they look very pretty they're very nice um and i can you know steal bits from one proposal and put it into another and and kind of um do all of that kind of stuff and that can has my terms and conditions in and people can sign off in a proposify for it mark has tried to do it recently and and um managed to not be able to really spell very, his own name very very poor usability. <laughs> It is it's, only, it's only clicking the button that matters the signature doesn't really matter marcus It says,
1: now sign your 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 name and it's like where oh in that box using my mouse yeah well, I'm, I'm left-handed uh with a pen uh but i use a mouse with my right hand i think you're what's called an edge case marcus <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Nor- what that-
1: it's a wonderful thing usually to have – I have all my notebooks and that on my left and my mouse on my right. Yeah, that's but nice. But this is the first occasion of, like, what you want me to try and write with my right hand. look like a five-year-old.
0: Why couldn't you have moved the mouse into your left
1: hand? Because it just – well, yeah, writing with a mouse is full, full stop.
0: Not yeah, it's good. rubbish. Yeah, I, know, um, I accept that. Anyway, what I like about that, the other thing I like about that app is you can see whether people have read your proposal or not. Which is really nice, because it's like a you know and you can see how long they've spent reading which bits and all of that kind of stuff, so that's very cool
2: that's quite handy yes yeah. so do you, do you, do you tend to do
0: more fixed price work is that why? Um, yes and no um it kind of in my case, because I'm doing consultancy stuff, um often yes, yeah, sometimes they can be fixed price. But I'm doing a lot of this kind of um, almost consultancy on demand kind of stuff where they buy a time bank of my hours. And then they can call on that when they want to, to to get help. Um, So, but either way, I I try and put a contract in place because I like people to have signed it. I like people to um, have approved my terms and conditions so I know where I stand over it. And also, yeah. the other thing is, is um, and I don't know whether you've crossed this bridge yet, but I needed business insurance. Have you had a client ask for that yet?
2: I haven't been asked for it, but yes, it's something I would strongly recommend. Yeah. So,
0: so, yeah, I've got um, professional indemnity and public liability. Still don't ask me the difference between the two. I get them confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marcus, which is which? Uh, professional indemnity, it covers you for basically
1: being rubbish. <laughs> um so that was an important one that's that is the really important one in what we do the um, other ones if you set light to their building or something isn't it y- yeah it's more a case of yeah if 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 when you're having a meeting um you knock over a cup of coffee and burn someone badly that's that sort of kind of public liability
2: if you pour orange juice onto your laptop with that um, all
1: right uh, <laughs> no that, <laughs> that wouldn't that, apply because that, it's my own n- neither laptop. of those oh, that's true things. true um <laughs> Yeah, PI, it seems that um, everyone that we're going for uh, work with at the moment is asking for more and more. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm, I think it's interesting. Uh, Because it's expensive, especially in America.
0: It is. I've just
1: not covered America. I can't afford it. Yeah, it's a lot of money. We have uh, quite recently walked away from an opportunity. I didn't think it was anything particularly headscape-shaped, but they insisted on uh, a level of PI cover that a, alongside the budget they had which basically made it nonsensical yeah so it's kind of like well if you want us to pay for an extra i don't know we need to get another three or four million pounds worth of pi cover um it would mean that all the work that you know not all the work but sort of half of what we charge you would go towards paying for that because it was like a five-year ongoing contract mm. um that they that wanted to do so it just, it just didn't make any sense yeah just going back to Proposify, Yeah it's a really good thing apart from the fact that you can't actually um update i can i can comment but i can't make changes i can't if you could track changes in it it would be brilliant yeah
0: i mean i don't I, i actually don't want clients being able to do that in my situation but i know that in yours it's you know you often liaise and work together and go back and forth over proposals and that kind of thing well, so yeah contracts i mean i separate a, propo- a proposal
1: is a proposal and then if we get a go ahead then I'll, then we'll put a contract together and yeah it, merging the two yeah but it's the contract element of it that you often have to share
0: yeah the i people, do understand that yeah but, you know, for, for my purposes, it's, it's, yeah, it's just spot on, does exactly what I want, which is really good. So, you, But these things kind of mount up, you know. You're paying, you know, X amount for Proposify. You're paying X amount for Free Agent and, and all of these other little tools that you end up using over time, you know, your money for Google Apps and, and all of the rest of it. So you kind of, that's where you need to keep an eye on what you're spending and what your expenses are and make sure your rates cover those kinds of things um so yeah what? I you know I think that's probably time to move on isn't it really I think we've it, we've kind of covered a load of stuff there's so much more you could talk about this kind of stuff, but we have all season um and um so we'll we'll kind of get into some more of these things further down the line
2: right.
0: But I do just want to mention another sponsor at this point. We're also being sponsored the entire season, it's being sponsored by the lovely people at Linda. Um, who've got over 3,000 on-demand video courses about business, creativity, technical things, that kind of stuff. It's a great place to learn new skills, um, whether it be I want to get better at photography or I want to be a better negotiator, you know, of somebody running a business, or I want to be better at running projects or wrapping my head around agile or any of these kind of soft skills that we, we you know, when you set up a business, suddenly you find yourself responsible for. Um, they've got great quality videos with really good presenters. Um, stream thousands of video courses on demand uh, that you can learn at your own uh, schedule. And I have just realised something really important in the middle of this.
1: <laughs> You've forgotten oh something, dear, haven't you? No, no, no. <laughs>
0: quite the opposite, actually. Um, I'm in the middle of oh, I'm doing these doing this video course at the moment, and I'm just it's driving me nuts. Right, um, just. Getting the technical aspects of recording video right, the lighting always doesn't look right, and the sound. Blah. And I've been, I've been trying to learn Final Cut Pro as well. And you kind of go from YouTube video to YouTube video, trying to understand how to do this. I just, I need to do one of these courses on Linda. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Sit down and do a proper course on it. Sorry, that's beside the point. Um, it just suddenly popped into my head. Yes, that's the answer. That's what I need to do because I know they've got courses on video. So that's great. So you can learn at your own pace, um, which you can, you know, watch bits of the video, come back to it whenever you want, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, they've got an unlimited access for a flat fee, and you can get a 10 days free trial when you use the URL lynda.com forward slash boagworld, and it's com forward slash boagworld. So thanks to them for supporting the show, and hopefully thanks to them solving my video problems <laughs> when I actually get around to watching it. Right, Marcus, do you have a joke for us, sir? Uh? I do um,
1: Obviously after having such a good one Last week I felt that it would you be have right to, do to have another one. good one So um, This one's not quite as good Thanks to Ed Ross Who, ha- who normally sends me jokes that I can't use They're so bad But this kind of just about gets over the
0: line um, What is a traffic officer's favourite type of song? Traffic officer's yeah. favourite type of song I don't know What is a traffic officer's favourite type of song? A power bollard that's that's terrible <laughs> tumbleweed i know ed i used to um i used to be good friends with ed when i lived in portsmouth and that is a good joke for him yes it is he sends me them quite regularly i'd know you just ignore <laughs> all of his jokes oh ed we
1: love you <laughs> no, sending on, them more <laughs> better quality higher quality but yeah, i need more jokes
0: more jokes please good send me more But we also need more questions as well to go on the show. So, you know, if you've got any questions about any aspect of um, designing for the web and I don't even know what I'm talking about these days. I'm getting all these different things mixed up. Any aspect of running your own web design business, then please email me your questions at paul at boagworld.com. Marcus's jokes go to marcus at boagworld.com. And uh, next week, we're going to be back and we're going to be talking about um, winning those initial clients. Now, we've touched on that a little bit in this show, but we're going to go dig into a lot more detail about how to win your clients and how to build your reputation and all those kinds of things that we've kind of skated over this week. We're going to go into a lot more detail next week. But uh, for now, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. It it worked really well hearing, you know, you, you going through the process as well. So it's much appreciated no problem and yeah Marcus thanks for being here too (laughs) and we'll do this again my pleasure as always (laughs) (laughs) we'll do this again next week um, so speak to you then bye bye